What's up, everybody? My name is Sid, and I've teamed up with the big homie Reg to bring y'all something new, something we like to call Beyond the Scoreboard. Y'all be sure to review, rate, and subscribe. Let's get to it. Welcome back to Beyond the Scoreboard, where every 25-point lead is safe. As always, I'm Sid. What's going on, Reg? Hey, Sang's doing good, so I'm good, brother. <laughs> All right, so real quick, uh, I know this week we told y'all we was going to start jumping into making these predictions uh, about the divisions, you know, starting to compile who, what our playoff picture going to look like. Um, but, of course, we always start with the New Orleans Saints. So before we jump into the preseason game we had yesterday, uh, no, Sunday against the Chargers, uh, just a little news that's been circulating around. So today, um, Kay Harley got promoted. Um, to assistant GM and um, what is vice president of football operations. Uh, Kay Harley is somebody who, honestly, we couldn't afford to lose, if we're being completely honest. Him along with Terry Fadeno is a huge reason why we've been able to be experts at the cap the way that we've been these past few, well, for a very long time now, being able to, you know, <laughs> Uh, clear up space room and move around numbers the way that we've been able to. We lost Terry Fontenot to Atlanta. He's Atlanta's GM. We lost him last year. So it was really important to, you know, do what we had to do in order to keep Harley in the building to where we weren't losing him to another GM job because I'm quite sure that's the way uh, that things were going. So that was just something I did want to touch on because that, once again, it's not on the field, but it's definitely very important to our organization going forward. Um, other news, Marcus May, he reached a plea deal on his DUI case that's been, I mean, he had that DUI case before he was a saint. Um, so that finally came to a, a yeah, while he was still at debt is when he got that DUI. Um, so that finally came to a conclusion. He reached a plea deal. He'll be doing six months of probation on that. So of course, now that the legal side of that has been taken care of, the NFL will look at it and hand down their suspension which I would assume would be three to four games uh, for Marcus May. But with the timing of where this legal case is wrapped up, I'm quite sure it'll be four, three, four games in the middle of the season. I don't think they make a decision on him before the season starts. Um, and then the last thing from today uh, is Brian Edwards getting waived. Uh, that's the second wide receiver in two weeks in a wide receiver room that we talked about being filled with a lot of a lot of special talent and you gotta figure out um you gotta make some hard decisions there and figure out which five or six players you're gonna roll with. Um one other thing that I forgot to mention that I just thought about the Jimmy Graham situation, which was yeah. Uh, yeah. a odd situation um that they, you know, they said was a medical situation. So hopefully everything is right with him and, you know, that doesn't um, that doesn't prevent him from being able to continue playing football going forward and being a part of this team. Um, uh, absolutely. Wanted to start the show by, uh, right. you know, hoping uh, hoping Jimmy Grams was in much better shape than what we heard he was when the news broke over the weekend. So uh, much prayers to to Jimmy Graham and his family. 100%. All right. So let's uh, let's jump into the preseason game that we had on Sunday which a lot of people would argue shouldn't have been had, but, you know, NFL going to do what they do. Got bills to pay, bro. <laughs> so, Mr. Hurricane and an Earthquake, uh, the New Orleans faces the Chargers. 
uh, took off and, you know, competed. Um, uh, and competed uh, and the Saints won 22 to 17. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a game where a lot of the Saints starters didn't, you know, go out there and compete, but it was a lot of uh, important pieces. A lot of players who, you know, will be heavily involved uh, going into the season that did get to see more time because the starters didn't play at all. So you go out there, you know, Jameis Winston started at, you know, at quarterback, you still had, uh, you had Kendra Miller who decided that uh, that time frame they gave him on when he needed to be back, that he, he just he just needed to ignore all of that. So he was out there. Um, and, uh, man, we got looks at guys like Jalen Smith, who we just acquired last week. Of course, we got him right before the game, so he didn't play last week, but he was able to show up uh, this week. Peyton Turner, like guys like that who are still very important uh, to what we're going to be doing this season, we were able to get a good look at. Uh, so what did you gain from this preseason game? Uh, so to me, it wasn't an important game, but it was important reps. That's how I kind of thought about the whole situation. And uh, you're right, in the midst of a earthquake and a hurricane, the NFL said, hey, we got enough time to squeeze a, a full preseason game in, in yeah. uh, into all of this. So uh, it, I was happy to see the Saints play uh, once I found out they were safe or whatnot. Um, so Jalen Smith defensively, to me, stole the show. Uh, immediate impact. Uh, Saints have been uh, very vocal about looking for that off-the-ball linebacker, uh, kind of to, to fill the gap between uh, Mario Davis and uh, Pete Warner, and I think we've definitely found him. Uh, I know it's a, just one game, one half of seeing Jalen Smith, but he still has the speed sideline sideline. Uh, laid a big hit on third down to prevent a first down, then followed up the next years with a pass deflection. Some people say it was pass interference, but uh, all the flag that was called that game, if it was one, it would have got called. Uh, but he definitely showed, stole the show uh, defensively. Uh, offensively, man, a guy who I've been dying to see on the field, as you know, Shaq Davis, uh, yeah. he finally got, got my boy some looks, got him some targets. I think he had five targets pulled down three. Uh, but more than anything, he made the most of his opportunities. Even the ball that was behind him when he beat a guy in coverage, he got a ball thrown behind him. He almost brought it in with one hand. So it was it was good to see him out on the field uh, being productive, them making it their business to, to give him an opportunity to show what he can do. Uh, he went up, got a couple balls, definitely showed that 6'5 frame. Um, and I, I think that's a guy uh, that we definitely going to hold on to moving forward. Yeah, and I know he, you've been huge on him so far. Uh, and once again, we've been talking about how how deep this receiver room is. So guys need to take you know take advantage of the opportunities given to them because once again, we know who the th- top three guys are. Those guys aren't yep. going anywhere. So it's about it. it's about those you know last two to three spots that need to get filled. And I mean, through two preseason games, we had a great showing last week by At Perry, uh, mm-hmm. but also by um, Keith Kirkwood. Also yes, by Keith Kirkwood, yes. mm-hmm. and then this week you got Shaq Davis. You know, uh, we talked about Brian Edwards. He got waived last week. James yeah. Washington got waived. So they're mm-hmm. already starting to be moving pieces uh, around um, around our wide receiver room. Um, speaking of speaking of guys uh-huh. that stood out as well, man, I'm gonna tell you a guy that made a couple fans in New Orleans, uh, Jake Hayner. Uh, I yeah. didn't see much from him the first preseason game. It looked mm-hmm. like he was kind of pressing to make a play. And a lot of times when quarterbacks do that, it kind of it, it makes them look bad because it makes them not yeah. look in sync with the offense or you're questioning why they went there with the ball. 
this game, you could tell he was a little bit more relaxed, and the offensive line did much better getting him time to read the field and come back to his check downs, things of that nature. Uh, but he threw some downs. The numbers don't justify how well he played. Um, once again, we saw the New Orleans Saints uh, get the quarterback outside of the tackle on purpose. Uh, we ran a bunch of uh, bootlegs this past game. We've seen him throw the ball on the run. Uh, we've seen him throw the ball uh, all over the field at this point. Uh, the kid looked like he has a live arm. Um, he threw two dimes. Both of them was touchdowns, and they both was dropped. Yeah. Uh, hit, hit both players in the hands. Um, the tight end, what's his name, Luke? Um, Luke Crow, Lucas Crow. Yeah. yeah, he dropped one, and then Brian Edwards. Brian Edwards uh, circled back and dropped the touchdown and hit both of them in the hands. So uh, he definitely made some fans over the weekend, man. And once again, that's something that I raved about last week when we were on the show, is that once again, it's not saying too much, but to me, I, so far, he looks like the best quarterback we've drafted um, in a very long time. <laughs> like, I can't even give you a year at this point. Like, uh, it's, been, it's been a long time. But uh, And once again, you're talking about somebody who got their first NFL action last week, so of course... Right. You know, you pressing and try to make something happen to impress. But I think, once again, he's not somebody who's going to be taken over immediately or anything crazy like right. that. But he's somebody to watch the development of over these next few years behind a Derek Carr. Um, more, more importantly, short term, something we'll get into a little bit later on the show is the possibility of the New Orleans Saints moving on from Jameis Winston. Uh, to see what we can get there, whether it's another player. We just talked about more depth needing at the linebacker position. Maybe it's elsewhere. Uh, but a lot of folks feel like, um, you know, Jay has already done enough to make us feel comfortable, even if he's our second quarterback, not third. So that's something else we'll be jumping into later on. 100%. Um, Kendra Miller, that was that was a guy who really had a good show. And once again, the numbers, the numbers don't look amazing. He had right. 10 attempts for 23 yards, um, and he had three catches for 36. Um, the three for 36 is what matters to me in this. Like, I know, I'm confident in him as a running back. Uh, once again, you're out there with mismatch, offensive lines and things of that nature. So, of course, that's going to affect it. But I'm, I'm confident in him as a runner. You know, he's better than 2.3 yards of rush. I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about, oh, what can he give us in the passing game? Uh, because coming into college, it's not something that he couldn't do. It's something that we just didn't, don't know because right. he didn't get the opportunities in college. Uh, they were confident that he could come in and be like an Alvin Kamara out of, the past, uh, out of the backfield when it comes to being a receiver, and he was able to display a little bit of that uh, on Sunday against the Chargers. Um, so that's one of those things, you know, the specific things that you're looking for for specific players. Um, so that was one. Once again, we, talked on, we touched on Jalen Smith. Once again, a guy who – has been there and done it. Jalen Smith hasn't been in this NFL. Uh, he hasn't been, I mean, besides his rookie year where he was hurt, every other right. year he's been in this league, he's been a starting linebacker and he's been productive. He's not the best in pass coverage, but he doesn't miss a lot of tackles. He's a sure tackler. He's always in the right position. That's what we're betting on him being in New Orleans. We're betting to not really need him, honestly. But <laughs> if Demaria Davis or Pete Warner, if one of those guys, you know, uh, go down, then you know, that's, that's somebody who's promising to have, to be like, oh, well, we won't miss much of a beat. We're just going to throw Jalen Smith in there. Hopefully he can close whatever gap it would be for an injury or something like that. Absolutely. Jameis. Let's touch on Jameis real quick just because he had two passes. He has two passes on Sunday that 
reminded you why he was a number one overall pick. Like mm-hmm. that dude, that dude had two dimes. That was just mm-hmm. amazing, bro. And it reminds you once again of the talent of Jameis Winston and that the biggest thing outside of turnovers, you know, throughout his career has been consistency. You know, right. some games you see it from him, some games you don't. Um, which once again, I think at this point in his career, he, he can have five, six, seven more years as being one of the best backup quarterbacks in the league. I just mm-hmm. don't think that the uh, <clears throat> opportunities for him being a starter are going to present themselves going forward, which leads into my answer to your question about trading at Jameis Winston. Um, if there's something out there for him to be traded for, I'm all for it. I don't believe that there are teams that are going to be knocking down our door in order to acquire Jameis Winston. I think that's the, I think that's the thing. Um, if there's a team that feels like, hey, we need a better backup quarterback, let's go get Jameis Winston, or for some reason believes, hey, Jameis Winston is better than what we have in our quarterback room in general, let's acquire him to start him, then yet get whatever you can for him, New Orleans. I don't care if they offering you two seventh rounders, you take them. And <laughs> you take them just because, once again, we're talking about somebody who, with Derek Carr's history, we won't, we won't need to be seeing Jameis Winston this year. You know, and we only got him for a year. This is it. Like, you know, after this year, he's most likely going to be somewhere else anyway. So if you can get something for him now or even at the trade deadline or, you know, when that first quarterback gets hurt, if people are coming to knock and look for Jameis Winston, then, yeah, move on from him. So uh, Jameis Winston, like you said, he made a couple throws that reminded you why he was a first-round pick, right? Uh, He still has a a very live arm. he looks a little bit more comfortable nowadays in New Orleans. However, we just can't seem to protect him long enough. A lot of people see Jameis Winston bouncing around and uh, tucking and running. He's doing all the right things, though. He's keeping his head up, right? He's, he's, his head is on a swivel. Uh, he's not taking blindside sacks. Uh, it's just he's not, for whatever reason, getting the time to go through his possessions like the other quarterbacks are at this point. Um, he had the opportunity to play with the second string lineman. Uh, including Trevor Penning this past uh, Sunday against the Chargers. However, the third string offensive lineman held up better for uh, Jake Hayner than what Jameis Winston got with the second team. So it's, it's unfortunate, but you you try to find a positive uh, side and the positive you know things in all in all yeah. areas. And it was good to see him not just force throws downfield like we've seen in the past throwing double coverage and things of that nature. So he's sticking with the script. And uh, to me, James Winston still look good. And I would not trade James Winston. I wouldn't care if teams come knocking uh, for two seven-round picks. And I'll tell you why. I think the Saints are uh, possessed this year to go pretty far in the NFC South. Uh, definitely have us winning our division. And for any stretch of the imagination, uh, Derek Carr has to miss time. I wouldn't care if it's for one game or eight games. I prefer Jameis Winston as my backup quarterback over Jake uh, Harner right now. Uh, Hayner, I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, right now at, at this point of his career, and it's that simple. Uh, I think this is a team that, that can go far. Uh, dare we say Super Bowl. Uh, but I think that, you know, we hold the keys to our own destiny. And if for any reason my quarterback goes down, I want the better of the two backups. Um. So that's where we disagree. I, once again, you haven't seen enough from Jake Hannon to say whether he is or isn't better than Jameis Winston at this point. 
what we do know about Jameis Winston is even if the talent around him is great, he can end up not being great. Um, so you, you can't even say that he's as good as the talent around him. Because once again, we saw him throw 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, you know, mm-hmm. as his receivers. So even I can't even be like, oh, well, he's as good as the talent is around him just because last scene it was 30 touchdowns, 30 interceptions when he had his, what, six games? No, he played eight with us, right? Mm-hmm. Before he got hurt that first that eight. first season? Mm-hmm. He played yep. eight games. I think he went six and two. But six his two. numbers weren't. You know, his numbers weren't anything special. Um, so I think, once again, I you're not going to know until you really see Jake Hayner in, you know, live action, like real NFL game action, and hopefully that doesn't come for a long time in New Orleans. Um, but but once again, I, I mean, the expectation of – I feel like I can have the expectation of our offense is so good that it's going to make him look good. Mm-hmm. You know, and I can't have that with James because I've seen it be the opposite way already. I've seen him have that when he was in Tampa Bay. I saw him have great oh. talent and still be a bad quarterback, you know. I, so, it's, it, once again, I can't even be – we talk about all the time, like, oh, well, this quarterback isn't going to make the team better. He's as good as the talent around him, you know. But, once again, I don't – So, it's so many moving – parts of, of this conversation and I don't I don't want to stay on it too too long yeah. because we have other topics to talk about but to James to James's defense uh he was in Tampa Bay in a situation where they wasn't known for winning wasn't no true leadership when you think of Tampa Bay uh who knows about the coaching staff things of that nature you can have all the talent in the world in the NFL we know it's not it's not as easy as the NBA to piece together a team and turn them from nothing to something uh, in New Orleans, I don't think he will ever be counted on to to lead a locker room, to lead a truly be the vocal leader of an offense uh, necessarily. And I can care less about quarterback numbers when we're winning. Jameis was six and two, and he played clean football. That was his first, our first time ever seeing Jameis Winston play clean football in the NFL. Turnovers wasn't concerned. I think he was fifteen and three or something like that, or twelve yeah, and three. So twelve and three, I think. Yeah, something, something, something of that nature. So I can care less about the numbers if we're winning. Um, and I think in this offense, the talent that we have around him are also veterans, right? We're not asking him to lead the way at all. We're just asking him not to lose games. And at this point, I think I know he has the game between the ears more than what Jake Jake has it at this point. So that that would be my consideration for him serving as the number two. Yeah. I, once again, if he's on the team, he's on number two. I, but That's if somebody's right. offering something for him, I'm taking it. Like I don't. And, once and again, Jameis Winston isn't. Once again, we're talking about a guy who who couldn't get his job back from Andy Dalton last year. Like, I'm not – Jameis Winston isn't somebody I'm fighting that hard to keep. Once again, I think I think that the confidence in Jake Hayner is just probably up there to where they're comfortable with moving on from a Jameis Winston and feeling just fine. I, I mean, once again, we're talking about talent unseen with Jake Hayner, but we've mm-hmm. seen what Jameis has been over his career. And at this point, I feel like Jake Hayner could probably give us as good – in our in, in what our team is right now, he could give us as good if called upon. Gotcha. So next, uh, we just got finished discussing the good that we saw from this past game against the Chargers on this past Sunday night. So because we spoke of the good, we have to bring up the bad. Uh, <laughs> who, 
So the guys who I want to who who we're talking about when we oh hold on real quick because good too Peyton Turner once again somebody somebody we're talking about who has to take advantage of the opportunities given to him Peyton Turner has been doing so Um, Brian Brzee as well who you know a different situation we talk but that's our first round pick that's somebody we're expecting to come in and and be able to. Contribute uh, right away. Contribute right away, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and, and and so far he's showing he's showing us that he he's going to be able to do so. Uh, so yeah. I did want to point out those two guys uh, real quick before we got to the bad. I got you. So I use this word bad a lot. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> it, it means different things at different times. So I I want to I want to take that word back. Um, okay. So I just want to let's call it players that didn't make the most of their situations, right? Yeah. We just talk about how Brian Breesy and other guys performed well when called upon, whether it was five snaps or twenty. So yeah. who who were those guys that you kind of saw in the field and they didn't pop off at all? Every wide receiver, not Shaq Davis. Uh, this week, everyone, every every everyone that touched the field outside of him, uh, they didn't. You know, they didn't. None of them really popped off the screen. Uh, at all during this game. Um, uh, I'm trying to even think, like, once again, this wasn't, like I say, every wide receiver for sure. Um, defensively, Isaiah Foskey had a tough run uh, on Sunday. Um, once again, though, rookie, like, the situation is, once again, a guy that's going to make the team no matter what, we've invested right. in just about getting the work out of him. Um, Daryl Williams, uh, Mary Merriweather definitely had a better had a better showing than he did. Um, once again, that's not a guy who's uh, that's a guy who's competing for a spot. Once again, that's right. not somebody who's assured to be on our roster. Uh, so yeah, those guys for sure. Uh, Daryl Williams, every wide receiver, not Shaq Davis. Um, and who else? I say, oh, Isaiah Foskey. Yeah. Uh, those so guys for sure. You you basically pinpointed my guys. Defensively, yeah. it was definitely Isaiah Foskey. I think he didn't uh, contribute in a way that I was looking for. I was just looking for a flash. As yeah. a Saints fan and a defensive guy, I was like, man, just give me something to rave about, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Out one time, right? Let me see some sort of move one time. Let me see a bull rush one time. Let me see you touch the quarterback. Let me see you force the quarterback out of the pocket. Let me see a pressure. Let me see a hurry. Something, right? And to me, he he didn't flash one time. Not saying he won't be a great player moving forward. Yeah, yeah. Just saying he was one of the defensive players who didn't make the the most out of his uh, situation. Brian Edwards. Brian Edwards was the guy uh, for me who I kind of struggled to see fit in what I would know all the Saints offense. Yeah. More than anything, I felt like he would simply be on the team because he came from Vegas. What I would not start quarterback Derek Carr. Makes all the sense in the world. You you brought over a tight end. You bring over a receiver. We need two other receivers anyway. Uh, outside of our big three, he's the perfect four, right? It's been the complete opposite. If you you know are like us and you follow training camp, then you heard all the the woes about how he struggled to uh, create separation at training camp amongst other Saints uh, defensive players. How within two preseason games, quarterbacks when they looked at his way, they had nowhere to go with the with the football, uh, even in one-on-one drills, I've heard numerous times how, you know, in those situations, you have to get the ball. Quarterback simply don't throw it because there's no separation there. He was always a guy to me who I was like, yeah, if he make it, it's simply because of his reputation with, with Derek Carr. 
him being released today kind of validates that, especially after seeing what Shaq Davis gave you after one game. Um, but I definitely think he did not make the the most of his situations. Uh, he got a ball thrown his way in the back of the end zone. If he would have came down with, I think it would have changed life on him. Uh, he got two hands on the football. He allowed the rece- uh, the DB to kind of separate his hand from the ball, and uh, it was an incompletion. But I uh, wish him all, all the luck moving forward. It's still early uh, out there. You know, we haven't made it to the first week of the season, so hopefully a veteran receiver can find a home. But uh, he was the the guy offensively, I thought, didn't make the most of his opportunity. Oh, I I definitely think he gets picked up. Once again, we saw James Washington get cut by us last week and they found a home with the Colts. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think there are going to be opportunities for him out there. No, I thought it was Denver. uh, No, it was the Colts. Western McCauley uh, ended up in Denver. Um, Dwayne Washington ended up in Denver. Dwayne Washington, yeah, yeah. Two things I feel like went – Two things I feel like hurt Brian Edwards, because once again, even paying attention to the reporters and the reports that we get out of training camp and things of that nature, there are no, I mean, outside of Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, there are no other receivers being raved about in general. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of just a, you know, it's kind of just a cluster of of receivers that's going to have to be chosen from. Um, I think that... I don't think training camp hurt him at all. I think the preseason games hurt him. You know, I don't okay. think I don't think what was seen at training camp or not seen at training camp is what hurt him. It's what occurred or didn't occur during the games that actually hurt him. Also, gotcha. what hurt him is I think a wide receiver spot where we went into it looking we went into this training camp thinking, oh, the Saints are most likely going to keep six wide receivers. I think that got dropped down to five when Jimmy Graham got brought into the fold and it looked like, oh, for sure, we're keeping four tight ends. So that there was a, another spot at wide receiver that no longer exists. You know, I think Traquan Smith, I think Traquan Smith is not going to make this team either. And I think most of that, I think, is because he just hasn't been healthy. <laughs> so when you look at A.T. Perry, who to me is that fourth guy now, and he's been for a long time. I've been real big on him. But to me, if you ask me who's number four right now, it's going to be A.T. Perry. And then who's five? It's either Kirk, Kirk, uh, Keith Kirkwood or Shaq Davis, you know? So, and I wouldn't be shocked if it's Keith Kirkwood and they just try to make sure they can get Shaq Davis on the practice squad. So we spoke about the receiving core man. It seems like for at least two or three weeks now. And I told you, every week we talk about it, it's going to change. Because you kind of had Edwards as a lock. I kind of had Smith as, as a lock. Yeah. 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 Fast forward two weeks. It neither looks one like of them. Yeah, neither one of them. Yeah. I've, al- I've always been big on Shaq Davis. You've always been big on A.T. On a- uh, uh, Perry. Perry. Yeah. And I, I told you last week, after seeing him in one game, he's a lot. Like, yeah. he knows how to use his body. He shields off defenders. He's doing this at a at a very young stage of his career. He, he's going to be around. And I said, if we can at least see what Shaq Davis can do at 6'5", 215, if he's as fast as they say he is, is he's uh, athletic as, as athletic as they said he is, it makes all the sense in the world to keep him around as well. So yeah. I know we're flirting with the four tight ends because of Jimmy Graham's health. We don't know which way that's going to turn as of right now. I still predict that everything to stay the same that we carry four and only five receivers. But moving forward, man, you got two of these guys, 6'3", 6'4", 215 receivers. Uh, we all know Michael, Mike Thomas seems to be on the short leash these days. 
love to continue life with Mike if healthy, but if he does go down for any reason, we have two guys that fit the bill that can step up now for that short term. And I'm going to tell you something else that can change all of this. Once again, we got one more preseason game, and then teams start looking at their cuts. If Las Vegas Raiders finally decide that they're ready to part ways 100 Renfro, that's somebody that the Saints, I guarantee you, are going to look at to add to their, to their roster for two reasons. One, because it's somebody who, of course, is familiar with Derek Carr. But two, he's a true slot wide receiver. That's something that we don't have on our roster right now. If you right. add in, so if you end up bringing in 100 Renfro, then now you have, that's, then, you know, it ends with A.T. Perry. And then everybody yeah. else is probably going from the, you know, from their wide receiver room. So yeah. once again, it's a, it's a revolving door, you know, as Absolutely. we continue moving through preseason. Absolutely. So uh, we're we're still talking on the course of rosters and speculations of trades and things of that nature. Something that has kind of been circling uh, who that nation for the past, I will say, forty eight hours. Uh, it's nothing serious, just a couple concerns. The Denver Broncos are having issues yet again with their place kicker Brett Maher. Uh, who we know bounced around the li- the, re- the lead a little bit, and he's the he's not as consistent as coaches would would like their uh, kickers to be. However, he has a big leg, right? He's one of those yeah. guys that can hit from sixty, but he just may miss from twenty seven with the game yeah. on the line. Yeah. So, exactly. um, Will Lutz has been the point of of conversation these days concerning the Denver Broncos and their place kicking. Returning back with Sean Payton would make all the sense in the world. Guy who kind of found them or whatnot when he was uh, released from the Ravens. Of course, he wasn't beating out Justin Tucker. But, uh, but we, got, we got Will over here. Will's been rocking with us ever since, man. Uh, I love Will as a kicker, but hate to see him go. Uh, do you think we have seen enough from uh, – I'm sorry, what's, what's, what's the backup kicker name right now? Uh, uh, Groupie. Blake Groupie. Oh, yeah. Blake Groupie. Have, have we seen enough from Blake Groupie at this point to, to part ways with Will Lutz? No. I, uh, we've seen enough to part ways with Groupie for a price. I think I think reasonably. I think uh, I think it's more likely we trade him than trade Will Lutz. Uh, there mm-hmm. are going to be teams who see us, you know, who see who look at us and say, okay, well they're going to keep Will Lutz, but do we want to fight the waiver wire to try to get Groupie? Well, no. Let's trade. Let's let's send them something for him. I think that's more likely than parting ways with Will Lutz. Once again, uh, before last year, Will Lutz was as sure as the thing you, that you could get at kicker. <laughs> Uh, in the NFL, you know, and, and he came off of an injury and had a, a tough year last year. Uh, everything that we've seen so far in training camp, he looks like he's back. So I don't think, uh, once again, uh, the, he, he took a, a pay cut basically to, to come back this year. So, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't see us parting ways with Will Lutz, uh, this year. Once again, I think he's top three kickers in the league I don't think you you move on from that uh not yet anyway once again he's not at an age where you're starting to see especially not for a kicker where you're thinking oh he's going to start slowing down or something like that no I think I think Will Lutz is the sure thing absolutely I think if any concerns it would be related around his health right but when a guy's out here and uh kicking 63s and 65s and I think he even hit a 66 if I'm not mistaken at training camp this year uh, you know, uh, injuries is not a concern right now. So, yeah. and, and that's the thing. Like, we haven't heard. Dennis Allen has been completely, like, transparent about injuries this Absolutely. whole training camp, too. So uh, there's no reason for us to think that Will Lutz has had any type of setbacks or any type of uh, hinderings of any kind when it comes to injuries. So, right. yeah, I don't I don't see us parting ways with him. Cool. All right. um, so, so last week we uh, – of course, we talked about the Saints. We talked about 
the offseason moves we talked about, the schedule we predicted, record. I want to say I went 12 and 5. I think you went the same, or did you go 11 and 6? 11 and 6. You went 11 and 6. So let's look at the NFC South as a whole now. I think we both agree that 12 and 5 or 11 and 6 will win this division. Absolutely. So that puts the Saints uh, with the number one seed, and it puts them. Uh, I mean, it puts them number one in the division, and it puts them in the playoffs. I actually think that once again, if we go twelve and five, I predict that we are a top two, top three. Well, I think we're a top three seed in the NFC. Um, so then, for you, who comes in second? Man, so that was pretty tough. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> that was pretty tough for me uh, for second place because. You have two teams to me that, that kind of represent the same thing in the Atlanta Falcons and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Of course, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had more recent success winning the Super Bowl, but we know Tom is not there anymore. You got Baker working in the new offense and things of that nature. Uh, long story short, man, I had to roll with the Falcons, and I hate to say it. Uh, when I look at their roster from top to bottom, they just seem a little bit more uh, fit for, for their scheme. Um, you say, hey, they don't have a quarterback. Well, I could tell you the same thing about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, you know, he's been accustomed to having a run-heavy offense these last couple, well, his whole career, and now he's in a new system where he's going to be forced to throw the ball to these receivers a little bit more. Uh, it's going to have to depend on timing routes and adjustments prior to, to the snap and things of that nature versus a kid that has three running backs in the backfield who can hand it off every snap, who's going to depend on his veteran uh, defense to lead the way in Atlanta. We know all the additions that they have with that three, four, those heavy bodies they got up front. Um, so you got one kid that's just going to be maintained and not trying to necessarily lose the game. But I think um, I think Baker Mayfield in Tampa, he's going to be in situations where they actually ask him to win the game. Uh, and because of that, I'm, I'm going with the Atlanta Falcons. I'm going with Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and I know that that's uh, – I, I don't hear a lot of people thinking highly of Tampa Bay going into this season at all. Um, once again, consistency, man. We're talking about a team who, even before Tom Brady got there, that roster has been pretty consistent, you know, over the past five years or so. They haven't – I mean, there's been a little turnover, of course, but for the most part, we're talking about the same cast of characters. Um, we're talking about um, – I mean – when I was going through and doing key additions, key losses, uh, they lost Sean Murphy Button. I, I consider that a huge loss in their secondary. Um, and they, I mean, they parted, They lost uh, Leonard Fournette, who's still a free agent for what it's worth. And then Shaq Mason, they traded to Houston. Um, so, again, a little turnover. You know, they mm -hmm. brought back Levante David. They brought back Jamel Dean. Um so I, I look at this team and I'm saying, okay, steady Eddie, you know, so yeah, what's, what's the difference? Defense is, still, defense is still there. Yeah. So I'm saying, so of course you look at it and I'm saying, okay, well, what's the difference? Well, the difference is what the difference has been over the past five years, the quarterback, they went from Jameis to Tom Brady and now they're going at it with Baker Mayfield. I'm bigger on Baker Mayfield than a lot of people are. I always have been. I feel like, uh, so far in his career, he just hasn't been given – I mean, and this is no different, honestly, but he hasn't been given a, a a great opportunity being that, I mean, what, his first five years he had four different offensive coordinators. Uh, he played for two different teams last year. Now he's with a brand-new team this year. Um, I mean, that the lack of consistency can definitely hurt a quarterback uh, between the ears. Um, but I think that, once again – 
can the talent around you, can you be as good as the talent around you? I can argue, I mean, ain't no argument. Receiving-wise, this is the best receiving core that he's had. And you can just stop at Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. We ain't even got to go past that. Just having them two in general uh, is better than any combination that he's had in his career. Um, the tight end came on strong last year. He was a rookie. I can't think of his name right now. I can't believe I didn't even write it down. But uh, I can't think of his name. But he came on strong last year. He looks like a guy that they're going to like. The thing that you look at in question is their running back position in the offensive line. They had yep. struggled. Well, we <laughs> it seems like they had struggles across the offensive line last year, but when you look at the numbers, not as bad as we think it was. Um, but once again, we they lost Leonard Fournette, who went into last year as their top back, but by the end of the season, he wasn't their top back. So was that really a loss? They're going to lean heavily on uh, Vaughn and um, – I can't think of the other guy's name. Didn't write that down either. But they're going to depend on those two young guys, and they seem pretty confident that they're going to be able to get the job done. I think that uh, Baker Mayfield can easily go out there and have a 4,000 or 4,200-yard season with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Uh, and God, <laughs> it kills me that I cannot think of this tight end's name. Every time you say something um, about Baker Mayfield and, and his predicted stats, I know 4,000 is coming, and uh, and sometimes you go higher. So yeah, I just four, want to prepare myself for 4,000 to 4,200 yards because you're talking about 2,000-yard guys. Yeah. <laughs> like I, yeah. You're talking about 2,000-yard guys and then, okay, make up the rest, you know? Um, so once again, to me, this the turnover of their roster wasn't such to be concerned about oh, you know, they're hurting in certain positions. I think, once again, it all comes down to quarterback. So, I mean, okay. if, if Baker Mayfield goes out there and he's able to give them 25 touchdowns and 10 picks, then, yeah, I think they finish second in our division. <clears throat> if he goes out there and he has 15 touchdowns and 17 picks or, or something like that, then, of course, they're going to finish third. I still don't think Carolina does good. But it's uh, <laughs> So yeah, I I'm, I got Tampa Bay finishing second. So you were speaking about the the younger running backs. Uh, they have uh, Rashad White and uh, Keyshawn Vaughn, who we saw a little bit last yeah. year, and they also brought on Chase Edmonds, who I kind of forgot about, a uh, sneaky veteran or whatnot. <laughs> but that that's the that's their running back room, and that's the issue that did I you find that tight end name? Uh, Kate Otten. Kate Otten. There we go. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Did a, did a little something, something last year. Still not enough to hit my radar yet. Well, of course, Cameron Brake was still the starter, and they had another uh, veteran tight end over there as well. Um, but yeah, so I got I got Tampa Bay as number two. Gotcha. Um, so of course I'm, pro- I'm quite sure we'll probably reverse on number three. You got Tampa Bay. I got the Falcons. Uh, so with the Falcons, once again, you touched on it. Quarterback. Uh, I love almost every move that they've made. Uh, Man. Bro, this and often, I, it, it, the only move that I don't, that. huh? It hurt my stomach to say that. Like, <laughs> every move that they did, man. I'm, I'm serious, man. That defense, man. You got a uh, Calais Campbell over there. They took David Anyamata mm-hmm. from us. If yeah, I'm they got Anyamata. Yeah. Uh, so that's a heavy three-four, bro. That they're gonna be running over there, man. And uh, they secondary kind of shaped up a little bit as well. I know, uh, because th- you remember they traded for Jeff Okuda. I know he got 
I heard he early in training, but I can't remember how bad that was. Was he out for the season? Did he lose his season? I, th- I, th- I think it was pretty much out for the season. If okay. I'm yeah, but adding Jesse Bates, one of the best free safeties in the league, was huge for them as well. That's crazy, man. Caden uh, Ellis, once again, a pass yeah, rushing linebacker out of New Orleans to pair with our defensive coordinator from last year. Yeah, <laughs> what, I, what I really like what I really like about the move is two things, right? He he's he's in a in familiar territory with a with a guy who knows what he can do. And mm-hmm. what they're gonna ask him to do is basically go get the quarterback. Yeah. So in New Orleans, we were kind of trying to use him as a jack of all trades. They're simplifying the road. Look, what go get the guy him. holding the football. Yeah. yeah. And remember, he he came on last year for us too. Because of that, came, yeah. Yeah, he came on for us. Yeah. Um, so yeah, one thing I I like I like everything that they did. I like Brian Robinson. I, I would have liked Brian Robinson no matter where he went. Do I feel like Atlanta should have went in a different direction, but that's me. Whatever. They got Brian Robinson. Cool. Um, so their run game is something that they're still going to lean on going into this season. My problem with Atlanta, number one is quarterback. Desmond Ritter, don't think he'll look any different than Marcus Mariota looked last year. If he proves me wrong, he proves me wrong. I think that's a lateral movement at best. Um, okay. And wide receiver room, I don't, I don't like their wide receivers. <laughs> I don't like. I mean, I like Kyle Pitts. I like the idea of Kyle Pitts. I don't like what Kyle Pitts has been the past two seasons in their offense. I don't like that he can't stay healthy. Um, and then once again, when you go to the actual wide receivers, you got Drake London, who was a rookie last year, but ended up having a decent year. Uh, should have been a better year with the target shares he was getting, but he had a decent year. And then name a wide receiver after Drake London. They they don't need any for the for the reasons that you just touched on. And and I'm I'm kind of which I'm is what surprised but, that we which is that, what what is what is the reason? Well, because you you spoke about Kyle Pitts, and I think a lot of people like quickly forget how impactful his rookie season was. And when you think of the quarterback that he had these last two years i mean could you really expect much from them so yeah. i guess what <laughs> yeah what? because once again he's the number one guy in that offense right Kyle, Kyle Pitt. he was the number yeah his rookie year the other every year he's like, been the best player on that offense for three years correct not last year because he wasn't he wasn't even there you can't i mean he played like you he didn't lose his whole season he played more than half of the I mean, he played half of the year last year and the year before that. And it was awful. And he played the whole year the year before that. Yeah, I think Kyle Pitts missed a, missed a lot of time. Oh, go. I mean, years. look, we can look it up right now. This is something yeah. worth stopping and looking up <laughs> on this show. <laughs> <laughs> this is definitely something worth looking up. Now, I know last year he had a bad game, a bad season because I had him on my fantasy team. But I know he still missed, <laughs> he still missed time. <laughs> he still missed yeah, time. he definitely missed time. Yeah, and, and like uh, I'm saying, with the with the whole quarterback situation, show me everything but how many games he missed the year he before. He played ten last year, so he missed seven games yeah. last year. That's half of the year, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, he had, and, and in ten games, he had 28 catches on 350 for 356 yards on 58 targets. And how how many passing yards does Marcus Mariota, Marcus Mariota average? Last it would have been a whole lot more if Kyle Pitts was oh, catching these 30 reds. No, I don't care who the wide receiver is. I don't care who the target is. Running back, wide receiver, tight end, left tackle. I don't care who it is. 28. 28 catches is what he had off of 59 targets. That's what, 40%? That's 40%? 
watch this. Go look at his drops, and I guarantee you drops don't, re don't represent the numbers of, of balls that came his way that wasn't caught. Whenever your, when, your quarterback, when your quarterback is only averaging probably 160 yards in the air, it's not going to be godly numbers from no positions on offense. We're talking about catches. I'm not even talking about yards. I'm talking about catches. You're telling me that 31 times Marcus Mariota dropped back and just completely missed uh, Kyle Pitts. No. That's bullshit. So what you're saying is Kyle Pitts is out here dropping 20 to 30 balls. Yes. And stop it. Yes. Stop it. Stop it. Yes. Stop. It. Once again, that's that's <laughs> the guy that leads twenty eight. The guy that leads the lead every year in the NFL has like ten drops or something like that. Ain't nobody out here dropping thirty balls, see. All right, let's see. Let's see if I can find his drops for last year. Like I said, it's not gonna be thirty. That's ridiculous. But I'm saying right. we're not gonna we're not gonna blame that on we're not gonna blame those 30 incomplete passes on Marcus Mariota. I am. I'm thinking um, yeah. uh, and, I, and I am expecting um, Atlanta to have a stronger pass game some some way, somehow. It, it has no choice. Say it again. I said, what's the some way, somehow? Matt Ryan coming back? Taylor Heine. <laughs> <Heineke. laughs> Taylor Heine. Now, that, now, that's a real situation. You going to tell that's a real if you were telling me Taylor yeah. Heineke is going to be their quarterback, then I say, okay, they got a yeah, better. I still don't like their receiver, but they're going to have a better. They're going to have a better offense than what Devin Marita going to provide. But once yeah. again, if you tell, once again, I don't. To find your bell, fantasy football focus. She covers. She's in. She's plugged in more than anybody else when it comes to injuries and things of that nature. She said Kyle Pitts not right, and he's not going to be right to start the season. She said she don't care what they. She said no. No, Atlanta, Atlanta, hasn't, Atlanta announces he's fine. <laughs> Atlanta said he's good. His surgery, his surgery went well, and he's going to be back and playing this season, you know, uh, week one. That's, the dude ain't right. So you you worrying about – you talking about how good he is or not good he is. don't even matter if he's not going to be there. So you talk about, you're talking about the rest of the receivers don't matter if he's there. Okay, well, he's not there. Now the rest of the wide receivers matter. Who can you tell me that they have besides Drake London? Nobody. Okay. I have gonna, three running backs. I'm not going to depend on Taylor Heineke to make anybody better. So this is, this is when coaching and game planning is critical, Sid. Because if I'm telling you I have a a six four six five receiver in Drake London who showed flashes last year, when my quarterback averaged less than two hundred yards passing the football, I'm telling you I have. I should have one of the best rush running games in the NFL this year. You did last year. year. Yep. So I expected and, and to I, I expected to be I expected yep. to be even better. Now we have a run we have a, a running back that's younger, faster, more shiftier, uh, can catch the ball out of the backfield. I'm expecting that to be even better. And I can hang my hat on protecting leads with this veteran defense. So all I'm saying I don't know is how I'm you can hang your hat on that. They didn't do that last year. They came in under 500 last year with what the did, second best run game in the league and playing did, good defense. Did they have a top five safety in Jesse Bates? No. Did they have uh, a run stopper like Khalil Campbell? Yeah, Grady Jarrett ain't going nowhere. He's been there. That dude ain't going nowhere. Grady Jarrett has been there. 
Their defense, their defensive line was good last year. Clay Campbell don't make it no better. Now, now let's talk about that, right? Let's talk about that because now he's going to get kicked to the outside, right? And you're still going to have um, David Anyamata in the inside. Mm-hmm. Yep. So once again, I'm expecting that's more help. David Anyamata and Calais Campbell is way better than whatever Grady Jackson had next to him last year. Putting Jesse Bates in a secondary by himself don't make them better at pass defense. I'm expecting to get to the quarterback sooner. Oh, yeah. I don't know why you would expect that. Why? Oh, why do you expect that? What? They Why got, you expect that? Calais Campbell is just an amazing pass rusher all of a sudden. Grady Jarrett is just an amazing pass rusher. Like, Caden Ellis is just an amazing pass rusher. He's a guy that played D-tackle a lot. So, as a D-tackle, yes, he's a, a phenomenal defensive uh, tackle, interior, rushing the passer. Yeah, which doesn't, which doesn't really translate to a bunch of sacks, right? You don't have to get, so, we get sacks. Hold on. Did the New Orleans Saints... Yes, we let we were top of the league in sex last year. We were top of the league, but it wasn't one guy, is what I'm trying to tell you. Correct. It was a lot of different guys. It was, yeah, it was a, it was a lot of linebackers. Yeah, I that's what it was. Pass rusher was Cam. With Demario Davis. With Demario Davis. Okay, and that's what I was about to get. He, Cam Jordan, our best pass rusher, didn't lead us in sex. So all I'm saying is, you can do it by committee. But we have the secondary to back that up. Yeah, we get we, we our D line has more time to get to the quarterback because our secondary is good. Do do you think Atlanta defense took a step back, a step forward, or stayed? I the think same? they stayed the All same. I think they stayed the same, and I think they run wow, game. That's crazy. So so yeah, they think they're going to be better this year. I think it's going to be exactly the same. So I think they lost some at. I think they lost some of their rushing ability at quarterback because Desmond Ritter not going to be able to run the football like Marcus Mariota did. Uh, and once Nobody again, I think. They did it. They did it by committee last year, but now it's just going to be B. John Robinson, and he's going to give you that same prediction. I don't think it got better though. Yeah, I think Atlanta uh, defensively, with additions that they made, definitely got better. Um, and uh, their coaching staff defensively, uh, they brought in a lot. I mean, their defensive coordinator is—I don't even know who their defensive coordinator what, was last year. What, what linebacker they brought in as well? They brought in a good linebacker too. The Falcons. They did. Oh look, I got a uh, no. Nah, all I got is Kayla Ellis on my list of notable, of notable nah, addition. It was only got Kayla Ellis. Some, it was somebody else. I forgot, but I do yeah, like the Eddie Coleman back too. He got reinstated. I haven't heard too much about him since he got reinstated though. That was early okay. this year. Eddie Goldman. I got no tackle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but yeah, um, man, I'm, I'm I'm expecting Atlanta D to be a little bit better this year, man. So let's move on to Carolina. Uh, oh, okay. You have Rod Dupree. So nobody. Uh, I see why he wasn't on my list. Okay. <laughs> so you have Atlanta finishing two. I have Tampa Bay finishing two. Do you have Atlanta making the playoffs? Who? Atlanta finishing no. second in the division. Do you have to make in the playoffs? No. Yeah, and I don't have Tampa Bay either. Okay. Uh, so fourth, we both got the Carolina Panthers. Um. The team that was uh, most susceptible to a rebuild this past offseason. Um, once again, last year, uh, quarterback was Baker Mayfield. Uh, what's the guy name uh, from uh, the XFL? Uh, PJ, the quarterback, the black dude. Oh, um, Walker? Yeah, PJ Walker. PJ Walker, yeah. quarterback. There was another guy that quarterback for them last year as well. Um once again, a bunch of, I mean, you had DJ Moore, 
the guy from LSU, what's the receiver from LSU who hasn't panned out so far? Um, Terrence Marshall. Terrence Marshall, yeah. Uh, once again, uh, the defense, the defense, hey, the Brian, uh, Brian Burns, um, what's the corner? Um, golly. I'm from LSU? Nah. uh For the Panthers? The rookie. Yeah, for the Panthers. They had a rookie oh, last year. No, nah, he from UCLA. Um, Jesus. No, he's from LSU. Because according from LSU, I think you're talking about yeah. Jackson, but he, he 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 was over there last year, right? <clears throat> but he wasn't a rookie. Running back Christian McCaffrey, who of course they traded before the trade deadline to San Francisco, so they ended up running with Dante Foreman, Chuba Hubbard. Um, once again, a team a, a team that was that was stout defensively, but offensively couldn't couldn't keep up with with many teams at all. Uh, so they fired their head coach. They fired their head coach within the season last year, right? Mm-hmm. If yep. I'm not mistaken, hired Frank Wright. Uh, once again, we're talking about a Super Bowl, you know, a Super Bowl uh, winning coach there. Uh, and they trade DJ Moore, which was shocking to me. Um, <laughs> they trade DJ Moore for what did they get? The first pick or the second pick out of that? The first pick. First pick. The first overall pick, they trade DJ Moore and, a, of course, a bunch of picks for. Uh, turn that into Bryce Young, quarterback out of Alabama. They add people like Hayden Hurst. Uh, DJ Shark, Adam Thielen, um, they added Shot Tuttle, of course, who we're familiar with. They added Deion Jones uh, recently, Justin Houston, um, Miles Sanders, um, and of course, uh, they added Andy Dalton to that quarterback room as well. Once again, their biggest losses were DJ Moore uh, and Deontay Foreman. So a team that <clears throat> I mean, they got their quarterback. That's that's the most important thing. They got their quarterback. Um, and honestly, offensively, they're better than they were last year. Um, Hayden Hurst is a, is a decent tight end. Uh, he's going to get his first opportunity at being a number one tight end uh, that he's had in a while. Because even going to Atlanta, that was the expectation, and Kyle Pitts came through the door. So uh, he's, been looking, he's been looking good in preseason, too. Yeah. Um, adding DJ Shark, that's a deep third guy. He can get loose and he can get open and he, he's going to make catches. And Adam Thielen, we know what Adam Thielen is. Like that, he's going to be a quarterback's best friend. It's just like having a Hands. great time. <laughs> so, uh, oh, and Miles Sanders is a serviceable running back for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the offense is better, but how much better? Offensive line, of course, is definitely a big question mark for this team. Um, and once again, you're talking about a rookie quarterback, not only just a rookie quarterback, but a small rookie quarterback, uh, which is always a problem. So I expect the defense to be as good as it's been, honestly. I don't I don't see any reason to think that their defense is going to be worse than what it's been. Will the offense be better? Probably, but how much, you know? Yeah, and not only that, man, if you look around <laughs> our division, we all have veteran defenses all of a sudden. The mm-hmm. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, that's a veteran Super Bowl winning defense, New Orleans Saints. Veteran defense who, who's been uh, holding on to Super Bowl hopes these last couple of years, close but no cigar, um, and not Atlanta Falcons. We just talked about all the key additions that they had this past offseason. 
So that's a lot for a rookie quarterback. There's no there's no off week for him inside of our division. So uh, he's definitely going to have his work cut out for him. So, yeah, so we agree on that. I think the Panthers probably close in. I, I should have looked at the um, at what their betting odds is for uh, games, uh, what their over-under is going into this season. But I couldn't see them winning more than, what, five games this year. Uh, I get them six, Max. Give them six, Max, yeah. And it's going to be – it's going to be some. It's going to be those games where they're playing great defense, and you know they're able to to put together that last minute drive with guys like you know uh, Hayden Hurst and Adam Thielen. I'm in the league, you boys not in my league. If you listen close, I'm coaching, say key. Cause the boy hella dope without pushing a Blanco. Still stepping bitches like 94 in the Bronco. If it's about the money, I'm leaving them hoes pronto. If I don't do nothing, I'm about Blanco. Every time I do it, do it the coldest.